Hello, class, and welcome to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World, episode 10. And I know that for sure it's episode 10 because I didn't do any math. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're not going to hear me laugh very much tonight because every time I laugh, it's just like this weird breathy hissing sound coming from my throat. Because mm-hmm. why? Um, Because on Friday, I was outside all day. Uh-huh. And I thought I was okay. I was crocheting all day. The next day was my craft fair. And then all of a sudden, it hit like 8 o'clock at night, and my throat exploded in pain, and it was awful. And ever since then, I've been feeling a little rough, a little rough around the edges, mm-hmm. the throat edges. The throat edges? Yeah. Okay. So today, I mean, my voice has been fine for days, but I haven't rested either. I've worked really hard. So now my voice is gone because I didn't rest it. Perfect timing. Perfect timing for the podcast where yeah. I'm super resting my voice. Uh-huh. I'm doing a really good job taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. Always great at it. I know. I'm proud of you. I'm drinking tea. What? I'm I'm drinking <laughs> I'm drinking tea. Oh, okay. So we talk about Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World, we watch it and we talk about it. And we um we enjoy it. We love Boy Meets World. We do love it most of the time. I think I love it all the time. Really? Mm-hmm. There have definitely been times you've taken issue with some of the things in the episodes. Yes, but I don't feel negatively towards, like, even the entire episodes. Um, I, I, right now, as it stands, don't have anything negative to say about the show. Okay, well, then I can't wait to see how it plays out, because... I'm sure I will. We haven't seen the rest of the show yet. I said, as it stands now. Uh Uh-huh, I know. I wasn't (laughs) disagreeing with you. Um, While she takes a sip of her tea, I'm going to explain that we watched season one, episode 19, uh, titled... I'm Tanya, and this is Alden. That's a weird episode title. I'm confused, and I had no clue. If, If... we knew that we were so tied together in 1994. How would we have gotten to the point where we're at today? All I know is that we didn't introduce ourselves again. I was just interjecting it really quick. In 1994? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we watched season one, episode 19, titled I'm Tanya and this is Alden. Or, alternate title, Kid Gloves. Kid Gloves. Kid Gloves is the title that was written by Jeff Minnell. Menel? Minnell. I don't know. Minnell. Fennel sounds like some kind of like spice that you would find in the spice yeah. cabinet, like fennel. Because <laughs> it sounds like fennel. Yeah. Uh, and, and written or directed by David Trainer, Megan mm-hmm. Trainer's grandpa, who Tanya has realized could not possibly actually be Megan Trainer's grandpa. So I'm glad we've reached that goal. Um, the end of the podcast. Um, so, how did you feel about this episode? Um, I was a fan. JK, we don't do that part yet. Oh. Um, where does this episode start? Does it start in the classroom? It does. It does start <gasps> in the classroom. Okay. Take a shot. Of tea? No, no. Like people listening. The people, oh, the people who are... because at haven't this you point, seen... they have a drinking game yeah. or a bingo page set up for uh-huh. our show. There's a drinking game that, that you take a drink anytime they start in the classroom. There's a drinking game anytime you get mad at Sean. Uh, anytime I say... Um, okay. And a drinking game anytime I make fun of you. So everyone's dead. Yeah, Everyone that's why we don't have any downloads. Liver failure. 
That's why we have so few downloads because we yeah. killed everyone. So yeah. to those of you who are still left, you have a problem and you need to go to Alcoholics Anonymous because if you've made it through this far, your body's too used to it. And you probably need to go to the doctors. Yes. Are you that. are you turning yellow? Right, because of the liver. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyways. Season episode. 1, episode 19. We start in the classroom. We do, and Mr. Feeney is asking them what kind of special things that they want to do as a class. Like, they have, like, three or four things to choose from. Well, he's, he says that the this Philadelphia Board of Education has mandated that all children take one extracurricular outside of class. Uh, uh, I don't know. Like special, like yeah. I think that's what like the elementary schools call them, like, like a, a club. Special. Yeah, like a yeah. club. Yeah, uh, and which is wild. I mean, they they're requiring it. If they require it, it kind of has to be in school hours. But you know, yeah. whatever for the purpose of the episode, it I seems, get it. It seems like it is. It seems like it's something that they set time aside to do as a class. Mm. Like everybody kind of had to do it. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was because they got to pick their own. So I thought it was after school. Well, I was thinking of it more as like how, um, you know, our kids have to pick between chorus and orchestra mm-hmm. or or they pick their extracurriculars like um, tech ed, which is home ec or computer lab or whatever. Like they pick those things, but they are during school hours. So True. that's what I was thinking that it was. It was like a like a special thing for that semester. That makes sense. Uh, so... Corey and Sean immediately choose scuba class. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minkus says something about, it's, in, in the gonna, interest of higher learning. Yeah. I'm going to enrich my mind mm-hmm. and do either debate or vocabulary. Mm-hmm. And then Topanga says, I'd like to try scuba diving. And then Minkus says something about, like, well, sign me up. He's like, suit me up. Yeah. Throw me in the water. Yeah. Because he loves her. Yeah. He loves her. And one day he's going to marry her. Yes. Um. So, that's an, that's the drinking game that I meant to say. It's um so. It's not um okay. It's um so. <laughs> um so is what I say, and I cut out so many when I edit the episodes, and there's still like forty left in every episode. What's my word that you cut out? Do you cut out like a specific thing that I say? I cut out all the nice things you say about me, um, so that it seems like we're more equal since yeah. you're so mean. Yeah. So I cut out all the nice stuff you say. That's why, because there's definitely so much nice stuff that you say about me every week. It's none of it's in the episodes because I cut it out. I don't want to. I don't want to get a big head, and I don't want people to think you know you love me too much, and that you don't like me at all. Right. So scuba class. <laughs> uh, they uh, make uh, Minkus. Uh-huh. Mister Feeney asks the kids, "What do you do? You, does anybody? I can't talk. It's okay. I can sort of. Nope." Uh, he asks what scuba stands for, because, you know, everything has to be all about learning something. And he goes around the class and he's like, Corey, or, well, Mr. Matthews. Hey, you do it. You do the Mr. Matthews. Mr. Matthews. Now say, what does scuba stand for? What does, are we just going to do a thing where you tell me what to say? Because, uh, yeah. uh, we could call our kids to the microphone and do that too, if you want. I just, I need now you say, to say it like... I need you to say it like Mr. Feeney. What does scuba stand for, Mr. Matthews? And Corey says, Duba! Duba. No, he says, what's the acronym for scuba? And he goes, Duba. Duba. 
Which is really funny, actually. I was laughing really hard, and I was like, this is so stupid. Why am I laughing so hard at this? So then he says, does anybody else know? And nobody raises their hand, even Minkus. And Mr. Feeney says, Mr. Minkus, don't you know what scuba stands for? Well, he goes to Sean first. Oh, yeah. He goes to Sean, and Sean says something like off the wall. Yeah. Like... Something creepy underneath... I don't remember. Boat. Boat. Alex. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've learned through these two episodes exactly what what they did like sean was funny Mm -hmm. to 10 and 11 year olds Mm -hmm. like his humor is really stupid like it's not intelligent humor whatsoever it's just like let's make him say the dumbest things possible and now as an adult i think minkus is the funniest character on television oh yeah because he says like these super intelligent things and i'm just like sean is an idiot i Mm -hmm. can't even stand him why is he even on the show minkus should be the main character but at this point at least in the show i just keep watching and in this episode specifically i remember thinking i was so much like Corey matthews like teachers would call on me and instead of and i was super quick like Uh and they would ask a question and i would just be like ah duba like i would say dumb things like that but like quick and intelligent so it was funny Mm mm-hmm uh, but it was probably so shitty to be my teachers. Yeah, it was probably really annoying. Yeah. Like, really annoying. But the kids, the other kids in the class thought it was hilarious. Which only swallows your big head. It was, yes, that's why I have to cut out all the good stuff now. Yeah. I've learned. I've grown as a person and matured. So he does ask Minkus what he what scuba stands for, and Minkus says, I want to be a normal kid. I don't want to be a weird weird kid anymore. I don't know. I'm one of the dumb kids now. Yeah, but he says it, like, dejectedly at first. Like, he's got his head down. Well, I think he's, like, freaking out about it. He's, like, trying to reassure himself first. And then Feeney says, okay, I guess Minkus doesn't know. And you see him, like, and then what does scuba stand for? Hold on. I don't remember. Uh, uh, something. Study? No. No, oh. it's, it's like underwater breathing apparatus, but I don't remember what this SC stands for. But Minka says it very like, okay, underwater breathing apparatus. I hate myself. Because he can't not be the smartest person in the room. We should call Finley in here and see if he knows. Um, okay, call him in. I wonder where he is. Finley! Well, that was a bust. Yeah, Finley doesn't know. Uh, so... Sorry, his podcast debut will have to wait until Minka says something else about something else. I actually wonder if he knows and doesn't want to be on the podcast. I don't think so. If you saw how dark the circles under his eyes were, you might. Well, it's, so. that's because uh, they just made noise, and I grounded them, and I thought it was Finley, and it wasn't Finley. Oh, it was Caden. And, and but K- Finley's mad now that I've grounded Caden. So. Uh, yeah, and Caden is outside banging around. So I hope everything is okay. I'm sure it's fine. He's just being fourteen. Yeah. I just as long as he's alone. Yeah. He's raking the yard. He's so oh, he's so mad. He's, he's raking so the yard. He's so mad he's raking. <laughs> That's actually normal for him. It's incredibly normal. He gets mad and cleans, or he gets mad and rakes, or he gets mad and organizes the forest in our backyard. He angry cleans, which is... He angry queens? He angry yes! Cle- he angry cleans, and don't make fun of my voice, sister. <laughs> uh, 
he angry cleans, which is funny because you also angry clean. I don't and know what I, you're talking about. Don't go cleaning now. Uh, and my mom also my entire life angry cleaned. So guess I'm just surrounded by it. Angry queens, angry cleans. Okay. All right. Podcast? Yes. <laughs> Boy Meets World? Yes. So they uh, they all sign up for scuba. I don't remember what happens after that. Hold on. Oh, the next morning they wake up and... Well, um, you see Alan walk into the boys' room. So I didn't see that. I didn't know this was coming. Oh, okay. So I you had, listened? I listened. Okay. So he did his listening in the car thing. So he didn't see Alan like creep there was into... A sneakiness. The boys' room at dark in the morning. It was dark in the morning and he's puts a tiny box on Corey's forehead while Corey is sleeping and then creeps back out. So where I come in, it just starts with a box on Corey's forehead. So I was part of the mystery. Like, how did that get there? And he probably found out that the box is on Corey's forehead because Eric starts to try to wake Corey up. Corey, wake up. You have a box on your head. Corey, you have a box on your head. Corey, why can't you hear me? You have a box on your head. And then he gets out a bull, a bullhorn or... What are those um, called? Um, now I don't know. A bullhorn works, right? I don't think it's really what people one call of those it. Megaphone. Megaphone. I was about to megaphone. say one of those things that people talk into. A megaphone. He pulls a megaphone out like from under his bed or something. I'm not surprised. And starts yelling into it, Corey, wake up. You have a box on your head. And Corey like jumps and like the box flies out and stuff. And he opens it and it's this necklace of mittens? Uh, well, they're gloves? gloves, but he calls them mittens. Yeah. He has silver mittens on a on a necklace. And he's like, oh, great. I love this. You got a knife for your 12th birthday. I got mittens. Yeah. Because it's his 12th birthday. Yeah, it's his 12th birthday. And I think next we cut to the kitchen. Well, so um, Eric tells him, well, dad gave those to you. He thinks they're special. So you better at least act like they're special. You wear them and you never take them off. Which, oh, I don't know if you guys realize this, but he signed up for scuba class. And he just got told to wear a necklace and never take it off. What's going to happen next? I am on the edge of my seat. You're not. You're on a bed. We <laughs> record on our so, bed, by I'm the way. sort of on the edge. I'm at the end of the bed. So they go downstairs, and Corey is wearing the gloves, and... And by that, he's not wearing gloves. He's wearing a necklace that has gloves on it. It made it right. sound like he just, like, put gloves on and walked downstairs. You're right. I'm an idiot. <sighs> so, they, um... I feel like there was something with Morgan at this point. No, no, no. Okay, so Corey comes downstairs and just very quickly is like, Dad, you know, hey, I love it. I love the gloves. Thanks. Or I love the mittens. And Dad's like, those are those are gloves, Corey. And he says, okay, yeah, they're awesome. Thanks. I, I You have no idea how much I appreciate this. And then walks out the door. And Alan, who had been convinced that he was going to be the hit of Corey's birthday, uh, is very disappointed. And Amy is like, did you tell him why they're special? Like, do you tell him what they mean? Right. And he's like, no. Yeah, he said, I didn't tell Eric until after he had already gotten the knife. So, but like you give a 12 year old a knife and they're excited about it no right. matter what. Yeah, Alan was dumb in this. So he doesn't tell Corey why it's so special, uh, but that's fine. It gives us a plot device later. So then Morgan comes down and is like, Did you? And this is not my Morganism because it bothered me. Did you? I don't know. She said, I. Do you notice anything weird about my head? I don't have a box on my head. This didn't bother me. Only because 
they handled it well. Like, they weren't just like, oh, man, we've got to go get Morgan a present right now. Like, they talked to her right now. (laughs) They talked to her about it and said, like, you don't have to get a present every time someone else gets a present. It is Corey's birthday. You're old enough now that you need to understand that some people, other people other than you get attention. And you're not a baby anymore. We used to do that because you would get sad. And then she goes... But I'm sad now. And puffs her lip out and pokes her head down. It's really weird to see a bearded man do that. Like, stop. Stop it, please. I got my lip out. Yeah. It never has worked with any child ever. And it definitely doesn't work with... Except for Morgan. And it does work. It works with a lot of parents. It does work with a lot of parents. It doesn't work with us. It has never worked with me, no matter who it is. And it's so weird to me. Because, like, I babysit. Uh Uh-huh. It's so weird to me that this is still a thing that, like, little kids do. And little kids that I wouldn't expect their parents to, like, fall for that crap. Mm -hmm. Like, our nephew does it. And I'm just like, what are you even doing right now? No one falls for that. I, of all people, am not going to fall for that. Um, He doesn't really do it with me anymore. But I've seen him do it with other people that I'm just like, eh, nice try, buddy. Um, So Morgan leaves. He said, I'm so. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Morgan leaves and Amy says don't you dare get her a present and, and Alan's like, like let me buy her love while I still can mm-hmm. and 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 it's relatable okay like it sucks it sucks but well, it's relatable like first Alan you need to explain to your son why that gift was important that is step one yes yeah, before you one. worry about upsetting Morgan now you need to fix your boxing glove situation Yes, which I didn't know they were boxing gloves. I didn't either. You just said it. You just spoiled it. I don't know. I was guessing because they're not uh-huh. mittens, nice try. gloves. Nice try. Uh-huh. So they go back to school, and now it's time for scuba diving and the creepiest scene Ever. Yet. Oh, my God. We've had some creepy scenes. This one... Kind of takes the cake. So only... At least it was... There were no adults. Right. This... Being creepy. See, and here's... I'll I'll go to where my head went. But... uh, So they're in the... They're in the pool area. Or they're in the classroom, No, they're in the classroom. They have to do, like, the textbook stuff. Um, They're all wearing shorts and a jacket. And, like, bathrobes. And bathrobes. And so Sean tells Corey to take off his bathrobe and basically like, let me see what you're working with, which is weird. So Corey takes off his bathrobe. Sean laughs. The audience like kind of giggles and claps like weirdly. And Sean goes, you are the whitest white boy I've ever seen. Which is fine. That's the thing that a kid would yeah. say. Uh, and then Corey's like, let me see what you're working with. You're afraid to, you know, take your shirt off. And Sean says, no, I'm not, because look at what I'm working with. And he takes off his, his robe, robe and, and he's got a fake shirt on with, like, fake muscles painted on it. Because I he's thought dumb. that was pretty funny. Oh, okay. I mean, they had to do, like, the kind of creepy-ish part with that in order to get to the muscle shirt. Sure, but now they're building to him taking off his actual shirt, which is weird. Yeah. So now it's like, okay, fine, here goes, but it's nothing different than what you got. And he pulls off his shirt, and 12-year-old... Uh, Ryder Strong is there shirtless while the audience goes I think though at this point like we're we're almost 20 episodes into the season like Mm -hmm. 
which means really that they know what the demographic is at this point. Like they've done studies. They know who like the heartthrob is because at that point, like every show had one. Like, the one that all the girls liked. Sure, but as an adult, I'm watching a 13-year-old boy or a 12-year-old boy get, get catcalled for taking his shirt off. Yeah, it wasn't marketed for adults. Like, that wasn't for adults. That was I for get it. 11-year-old Tanya. Gross. Like, <laughs> I was 11. I know. I'm so aware. I get it. Like, there's there's an episode, I think, there are episodes in every show that... I've talked about this on other things where like I would watch an episode and I would go to church the next day and all me and all of my friends would be talking about it. And it would be about like that one guy. It would be Randy on Home Improvement, like the episode where we thought he was going to die of cancer was like the biggest, craziest thing to happen to our youth group. Uh-huh. Like, we just talked about it like crazy. We talked about Sean all the time. Yes, but so I'm watching it now as a 35-year-old man, and it's very uncomfortable to watch them building to Sean in his strip yeah, tease, yeah. watching them building to the following strip tease, Topanga's, that's coming up that we're about to talk about. Yeah. And me as an adult, I'm, I know that as a kid it wasn't weird to me. Yeah. But me as an adult, I'm thinking... There was a group of adult men writers sitting in a room going, mm, I bet here this is what's good. Yeah, I do think the fact that it was like, it, and, there was, and this one was written by a male. And there's a director sitting there going, no, okay, this is, yes, perfect. Mm, Stick out yeah. your butt a little more. Uh, like no, now, now, yeah. now I see that. Like I can see that from like the adult perspective. But, but like you a, said, as a kid, it was just whatever. As a kid, it was whatever because that would, that would have really happened in a room. Right. Like, these things happened where kids would take the shirt off and you'd be like, oh, woo, yeah. Or, yeah. you know, a girl would show herself off in a, in a bathing suit and it'd be cute. Yeah. But as an adult, now I'm watching. So Minkus goes and he takes off his thing and he's wearing a, 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 wet, a wet suit. suit. Yeah. yeah. And he's, you know, just being very nerdy about it. And then Topanga. Topanga's talking about how, like, I can't believe you guys are talking about, you know, each other's bodies like this, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, you're just afraid to take off your robe and she takes off her robe she doesn't just take it off she like does it like a like a yeah she really like she doesn't actually do a dance but no but it's very like sassy yeah and she just lets her robe fall to the floor and she's got like she's posing there's literally a a person in the crowd that goes does like the cat call whistle yeah she's 11 no 11 year old knows how to cat call whistle that's an adult yeah no, yeah, that part, like the boys stuff didn't bother me because it was just sort of like whatever. But the Topanga part really did bother me because of the fact that she's an 11 year old girl and they absolutely set it up to be like, look how sexy this 11 year old girl is. Right, because they do. So Corey stands there and he looks at her and he's just like eyes as wide as saucers, mouth open, just like looking her up and down. Sean is looking her up and down and she goes, what? You don't have anything funny to say now? And Corey's like, I got nothing. You got something? Sean's like, I got nothing. Yeah. And they're just like looking her up and down. And again, it's not that weird for right, 11 the, years old. The interaction, I think, would be okay. Like, the right. interaction is fine and normal for kids. It was, 
like you said, the building to that. Yes. And the sexualization of her in particular. Like, mm. they didn't put her in a bikini, but it's still oozing, like, of this is inappropriate. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So now Sean says, I'm just glad we're here and we're away from Feeny. And Feeny walks in the room with a scuba suit on and says, Yes, that's right. That's right, boys. I am I am a certified scuba instructor. And like I have been for like nine years or something like I need that. Need you all to buddy up. And so obviously Sean and Corey And Minkus and Topanga. Right. They all And there's nobody else. Yeah, again, there's no other children. And uh, Mr. Feeney then tells him that their first exercise is going to be uh, assisted breathing or whatever, where they have to take the their own scuba thing out of their mouth and give it to the child next to them to breathe. That and then is they, so gross. It's very, it's, Ugh. that is not a thing that is okay, especially now, but I don't think it was probably even okay then. It was just a thing done for TV. I don't know. I think it might have been okay. Nah, it's too germy. No, because when, you know how now when you do a CPR class, like they make sure that they have the um, paper pieces that go in the mouth. Uh-huh. They didn't have that when I was a kid. I did first aid classes and everything with my swim classes. And there was not that. Like, and we took turns blowing into the dummy's mouth as children. And there we didn't wipe it out or anything. So... It's not, like, to me, it's not far-fetched that that is a thing that happened. Also, bobbing for apples was a thing back then, and that was basically grosser. I think that's true. So, yeah. You got anything to say? No, not th- not about that. So we go back to the, we go back home, and Sean and, I mean, not Sean, Eric and Corey are discussing the fact that Corey lost the necklace that his dad oh we haven't even talked about that i didn't even realize he lost it until they got home and they were talking about it oh no he he definitely loses it like while they're swimming Mm. and mr feeney finds him swimming around that's later oh is it yeah oh okay uh yeah my bad they go back home and Corey's freaking out because he lost it oh not even he's not freaking out he's like whatever i'll make some money i'll buy dad another one and i'll just Tell him here I misplaced it or whatever. Oh, is this when Alan tells him what it means? To right, him? and then Alan comes in and he's like, "Corey, do you know why this is so important to me?" No, Dad, I don't. And he says he gives this whole a really great story, um, a well-told story about how he was in the Navy and he he got those silver gloves for being the second best. And Corey's like, "Yeah, in boxing, there's only two people." And he's like, "No, second best in my weight class in the entire Navy." And they got to the championship match, and it was just me and this the ugliest man in the Navy, and there was blood everywhere, and I thought it was his blood. Turns out it was my blood, and my eye was hanging out of its socket, uh, and, and he said, I, I should have realized that when I was looking into his face and at his feet at the same time. And did you not catch this part? I did, but this is really funny coming from you. <laughs> <laughs> so now Corey's freaking out, like oh no, this is a really cool story. I can't believe I lost this. This is very important. And uh, Eric is saying, yeah, dad, that's really amazing. Isn't it so great that you got that necklace, Corey? Like he's just making it worse and worse. And Corey's feeling worse and worse. So Alan leaves. 
And Corey goes, I have to find this. I have to retrace my steps. I got to go. Can you please cover for me? And Eric says, yep, sure can. So then he goes back to the school. Yeah, he goes back to the school. But we don't know that yet. At this point, they're downstairs. And Eric, I keep wanting to call him Sean. I don't know why. Eric is sitting there eating with the family. And they say, do you know where Corey is? And Eric goes, no, I don't know. Oh, wait, I do know. He's at Sean's, having dinner with Sean. And wouldn't you know, at about that time, knock, knock, knock at the back door. Who is it? Sean. It's Sean. Sean comes in. Always ruining everything for everybody. Always ruining everything. So it would have been ruined anyway, because Corey gets caught. But... Yeah. Spoiler. And they go through the whole thing where... Eric is trying to cover up, but it's very obvious. Sean I, is trying I this part. Really? Mm-hmm. Sean is trying to follow along and also lying and even worse at lying than Eric because he's trying to go, Oh, I I don't know I don't know why I'm here and Corey is at my house. Eric, why am I over here and Corey is at my house? And Eric goes, Well it's real simple actually. Uh, you're over here because Corey asked you to go home to see if he made the right choice in staying over there for dinner instead of coming home for dinner. And Sean's like, oh, yeah, that's that's definitely right. I remember that. And they ask him another question, and he just goes, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where Corey is. And he goes, but the, the, good, the good thing about not living here is the fact that I can just leave. Bye. And he walks out. <laughs> so they ask Eric if they know where Corey is, and he goes, yeah, I have no clue. He doesn't even say he went to go look for a necklace. He just says, I got no idea. No Which, clue. Which, I mean, like, he's still covering up the fact that Corey lost his necklace. Right. He says, I thought it was okay for him to leave because I was the older brother and I can just tell him it's okay. And Which is a very older brother thing. It is. Caden would definitely do it. Yeah. Caden tries to be a parent to them all the time. Yeah. So now we cut to the school and it's like the weird, it's a point of view camera from underneath the water and you see like obviously Corey swimming around at the bottom looking at underneath the school pool Mm -hmm. and you start to see really weird stuff there's a um there's a box with a barbie doll tied to it it might have been a brick with a barbie tied to it like to drown her that's what it was um i don't remember what else there was there was a bunch of stuff down there and then you start seeing him like swimming to the surface well, you see the surface like looming overhead and then just Mr. Feeney's face coming up above it. And so you're watching Mr. Feeney talk like through the top of the water. It was kind of cool. And he says, Mr. Ma, he goes, what did I tell you about this? This The best thing I, you can do, lad, is... This is becoming incoherent. The best, he says, the one thing I taught you is always swim with a buddy. It's incredibly dangerous to swim on your own, to scuba on your own. And here you are by yourself. This is the dumbest thing you've ever done. And Corey says, no, it's not. I have to find my dad's necklace. And they can't find it. It's not on the bottom of the pool. So Mr. Feeney... Sends Corey home. He sends Corey home. He doesn't take him home. Because Corey walks in the house and is like, Dad, I'm sorry. I lost your necklace. I this It's all my fault. And Alan is just like, I don't care about that stupid necklace. I thought you were dead. I care about you. For once, for once, they actually are wondering where their kid is when mm-hmm. he's not with them. Mm-hmm. 
I think that was really funny to me because for so many episodes, he's just doing whatever he wants all the time and nobody cares. And this one episode where he's gone at like 6, 37 o'clock at night, they're like, oh my gosh, he's dead. Yep. But he comes home. Alan's freaking out. And Alan basically says, it's no big deal. It is what it is. It's just a dumb necklace. It mattered a lot to me when I was 20. When I was 20, it was the most important thing in the world to me. But now it's not. Now I'm just glad that I got to give it to my son um, and that you, I have a son at all. So cute, sweet. Yeah. Heartfelt music. Alan's like really good at looking at the bright side of things. Mm-hmm. Like often. Mm-hmm. Alan's pretty good in this episode overall. Yeah. We have to see how Alan's written with other people. But Mr. Feeney comes in at that point and goes, I have something for you, and it's the necklace. I would like to mention that Mr. Feeney comes and knocks on the front door. Yeah. We have seen him just walk in their back door before. Yeah. Like, I, I thought of that, too. Like, is, is he going around each window to see which room they're in before he comes in? My hypothesis, would that be the right word? I don't know. I don't know, know. I don't know what you're going to say. Was that he must have just returned from the community center. Mm-hmm. And maybe the Matthews house is before his own house, like coming up the road. So he probably just like pulled his car in front of the house and ran up to the front door before he pulled around. Yes, I thought this you through. really had to put some thought into this, huh? Yes. It was really bothering me that he came to the front door when we've never seen him come to the front door before. So we've discussed this. Mr. Feeney murders children. So he's very good at looking at If his he murdered children, he would have just drowned Corey right no, then and there. No, we discussed that. Corey is his project. Corey, Topanga, Sean, and right now, Minkus. But let's see what happens to Minkus in the future. Okay? Okay. And Morgan. But... Uh, the M's, he hates M's. He hates everything except for Corey's and Sean's and Topanga's. And Minkus is right now. And Morgan's right now. He doesn't hate Morgan. She's still alive and kicking. And nothing bad's ever going to happen to her. Ever. So now uh, the episode's pretty much over at this point, I think. Uh, except for it's time to make it up to Morgan. Well, we do have the moment where... Oh, wait, no. It is make it up to Morgan time. <laughs> make it up to Morgan. Hashtag Morganism. So, yeah, we cut to Alan sitting on the couch with Morgan. Morgan has a big box in front of her, and he says, Now, remember. Oh, she says, You want me to lie to Mommy? And he says, No, 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 no. I just, you know, want you to not tell her something. I don't want you to tell her about this. Because Alan was told, Don't give her a gift. Right. And she opens up the box, and she pulls out a horse, and she goes, Did you get this horse while you were in the Navy? And he says, well, no. And she's like, but you didn't get this horse while you were in the Navy? She's implying. I don't think she actually comes out and says it, but she implies this is a lot less cool than the stuff that Corey got. Because, yeah, like it doesn't mean anything. Right. He, he's just placating her. He's like, no, I, I bought this at the store, Morgan. And she goes, did you get this while you were in the Navy? And he goes, yes, I did. So... That's our Morganism. Hashtag Morganism. Did you get this while you were in the Navy? Can you say it? Did you get this while you were in the Navy? I can't say much at this point. No. Okay, so TGIF. Like, thank- a good cough. Well, we're, we're about to go on a commercial break. TGIF, thank-, thank God it's Feeney. 
Go. Uh, Feeney taught them to snorkel. <laughs> scuba. <laughs> scuba. He taught them to scuba. What does snorkel stand for? <laughs> I think it's... Snorkel it... <laughs> dorkel. <laughs> You're snorkel dorkel. See? You're lucky I cut out all that nice stuff, so only people only hear the good, the bad stuff. Uh-huh. The really bad things, like when I call you snorkel dorkel. Okay, <laughs> yeah. With my sexy voice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It just gets better and better as I talk. It does get better and better. Okay, so we do like the post-credit scene or the during-credit scene? During-credit scene. What happens? Um, Corey goes to give his dad the necklace back. And says, like, I'm giving this back to you because it's really special and I'm not responsible enough for it. Like, mm-hmm. and I can't remember what he says after that, but it was really sweet. What does he say after that? Who? Corey? Cor- Corey and Alan. They have a whole conversation, like a little well, Corey of a says, converse- conversation. Uh, just give it back to me when I'm ready for it. I'm not ready for it right now. And Alan says, when will you be ready? And he says, whenever you give it to me. Oh, and- yeah. I liked that. Yeah. So I think that was before the credits, and then the Morgan Maybe. thing was during the credits. Maybe. We're a little um, all over the place tonight. A little all over the place. We're yeah. uh, We're all sick. I'm not yet, but I have a sick person talking directly into my nostrils. And right now. on the mic. Yeah. So, yeah. This, welcome to the episode before I got sick. <laughs> so He's really good at premonitions. <laughs> really great. Also, uh, Morgan disappears, but I just have that feeling. Snorkel, um, snorkel, dorkel. Next week, tune in to hear Alden not be able to talk. No, yeah. Next week, Tanya's going to host. Yeah. So get ready for your hosting chops. It'll be your first host. My hosting chops? Yeah. All right. Are we tying up this episode? Yeah, this... we're tied up. The episode okay. is tied. All we're right. done. Are we done? We're done. We're about to take a commercial break so Tanya can cough until she drops. And uh, then we'll be back. Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay, go ahead, cough. <coughs> Keeping that in. Is it better? Okay, do the music. Music me up. You're the musical person. Welcome to 1994's hottest hotness. It's the Sony, who you know as the TV maker. They definitely have never made any video games before, but now they're trying their hand at video games. You've heard of Sonic the Hedgehog? How about Crash Bandicoot with the Sony PlayStation 1? Uh, not one, because it's definitely the only one, because why would I make it a PlayStation 1 if there's gonna be more? There's definitely just PlayStation. It doesn't get any better than this. You get Twisted Metal. You get... Crash Bandicoot, you get, uh, Johnny Hawk, you get, uh, other games that I can't, Final Fantasy 7, go buy the PlayStation now. And we're back. And we're back. Welcome back, class. My throat hurts now, because I did a PlayStation voice. Yeah, you're not sick. No, I did a PlayStation voice. You didn't do a PlayStation voice. I did, it hurt. There was a commercial for PlayStation. There was a commercial for PlayStation? Why would you be doing a PlayStation voice? I just do it when we're not on a podcast. I do a PlayStation voice sometimes. Good point. That is true. Uh, real quick, before we move on, I want to start reading the, ep- the episode comments maybe sometimes. Yeah. Because this is weird. Maybe they're 
maybe there aren't any for the other episodes. This episode certainly got one. Not the one we're about to talk about. But the last episode that was called... (laughs) Kid Gloves. Episode 19. Yeah, so on the wiki page, I didn't even realize there were comments. I scrolled down because I was waiting for Tanya while she went to go hack up a lung and drink more tea. And at the end of it... There are comments, and there's one. It says, March 25th, 1980, Corey's supposed birthday at this point. Which, by the way, is very close to now. It's almost Corey's birthday. That's that's true. But more importantly, the following comment is like an actually. Actually, how? He turned 12 in this episode, and the year is 1994. He'd be 1982. His birth year becomes 1980 after the time skip. Why doesn't MJ Logan do a podcast about Boy Meets World? Uh, and then the following comment says, Topanga looking sexy in that bathing suit. Ew. What? Stop. Gross. That was an adult that wrote that because kids don't get on wiki fandoms. Uh, it, yeah. The comment after that is MJ Logan again, famous, Mm -hmm. says, uh, she's a child. She's like 11 or 12. And then- Thank you, MJ Logan, for speaking sense into people. Yeah. And then- Patrick says exactly. So, MJ Logan, you're a gem among gems. Come on the show. Gem J Logan. Gem J Logan, come on the show. You must have found our show by now. Obviously, if you like Boy Actually, Meets World at all. Uh, so, yeah, now we're here to talk about episode 20. Episode 20, The Play's The Thing. That's the name of it. The Play's The Thing. What a bad title. So... This is written by Ed Dechter and John J. Strauss. I feel like we've had them on another episode before, but I'm not sure. Maybe, um, maybe not. I, their names don't seem as familiar as like April April Kelly? Ludgate. Uh, April. Directed by David Trainer. Did I read the blurb for the first one? No. I'm going to read the blurb for this one. Okay. Because it took me a lot to get to it. It was a very <laughs> long blurb, so like I had to go actually online to read the whole thing. Yeah, when I said, how did you feel about this episode, what I should have been asking is... What's the blurb? What's the blurb? All right, Tanya, episode 20, uh, the play's the thing. What's the blurb? When Corey is given the lead in the school play, Hamlet, he must decide to be or not to be in the performance... because of Hamlet, to be or not to be, oh gosh. In the performance, after finding out his costume includes tights. All right, well, you gave away half the episode there, Hulu. Yeah, Hulu. So, where do we start? Uh, in the classroom. Take a shot! PlayStation! <laughs> you aren't going to kill your vocal cords, and then we're, neither of us are going to be able to yell at our children. Yeah. They're uh, just going to be feral people now. They're just going to run around doing whatever they want. Climbing trees and not taking showers. Ugh. You should have taken care of your vocal cords. Anyway, yeah, we start in the classroom... And Mr. Feeney's like, everybody let out your... Your biggest groans. Yeah, your biggest groans. They all groan, and then he says, I'm in charge of the fall play or whatever. Mm-hmm. It couldn't be fall, right? No, springtime. Spring play. It's springtime. Yeah. I was going to say, we started this series in the fall. Yeah, it's spring now. We're getting close to the end of their school year, mm-hmm. which is also, I believe, the end of the season. We are only two episodes away from the end of our season. That is true. This is like a milestone. It's crazy. I can't even believe we're this close. It is a milestone. It is crazy. Anyway, stop repeating after me. Stop repeating after me. (laughs) 
All right. So he says that he's in, in charge of the springtime play and they all just like burst into the loudest groans possible. Um, yes. And, and then what happens? Wait. Well, spoiler alert. I don't remember this episode very well. Oh, uh, Finley, yeah. Finley had a friend over at our house and that friend was so loud and it was uh, it was counterproductive to me paying attention to the episode. Here's a peek behind the veil. Alden has a really hard time tuning things out. Like, yeah. like he never got that parent gene that just sort of like can ignore the noises. I've always like I like kin kids making noises because to me that means they're having fun. And I remember when we were first dating, our kids were all playing together, and it made me so happy because Aubrey and the boys hadn't been around each other that often before this, and they were like having a ball they were having so much fun the room they were playing in was a disaster there were legos everywhere they were all three so loud and i was so happy and i looked at all and i was like i just love this noise so much and he was like what i don't and i was just like what are you serious he cannot deal with kids being loud i can't I, i can't deal with anyone just being loud uh, I I have the hardest time at work. I'm I'm very good at my job, but when I get distracted by people just like constantly making noise, I can't focus on my job. I have to wear headphones. It's just it. I'm too. I don't know. ADD. It just it constantly draws my attention from whatever I I want to be doing. Yeah. Um. So I watched the episode and got pretty much everything that was going on. And Alden was like, I have no idea what's going on right now. Yeah, so go ahead and tell us in your best voice what happened next. Um, well, so Feeney starts handing out, like, who is going to be who in the play. In Hamlet. Yeah, in Hamlet. Um, which they're all groaning, and he's like, well, you know, this play has sword fights and uh, conflict and blah, 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 blah. And they're like, it sounds like a Bruce Willis movie. And he's like, it's Hamlet. It's Shakespeare. And they all groan, and I also groan. I hate Shakespeare. And, like, I've always thought, like, at least when it comes to literature and stuff, that I was really smart, and so I would try to read things. Um, I had a, a library on my laptop when I was, like, 12 or 13. My brother-in-law gave me an old refurbished laptop that had, like, nothing else on it except for this digital library of books, and I read Dracula and loved it. I read A Little Princess, like the old original, and loved it. And I found Midsummer Night's Dream on there and got so excited because I loved the premise of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Started reading it and I was like, blech, this is awful. It's terrible. I hate Shakespeare so much. And that's my story about Shakespeare. Anyway, he starts handing out um, the parts and I actually have to look at who plays who because well, I don't remember everybody. I remember this. He says, I, Sean, Mr. Hunt, Mr. Hunter, I've picked out the best role for you. It's a role that requires no line learning. You are a spear holder. And um, Sean thinks that's pretty cool because yeah, he gets to hold a spear. And then, uh, Miss Lawrence, you're going to be a uh, Ophelia. Ophelia, yeah the main female character in, in Hamlet. And 
Minkus just immediately thinks he's going to be Hamlet because he can learn all the lines and he already knows all the lines. In fact, uh, he says, Mr. Feeney says who he's actually going to be, and I forget who it was, but he goes... Polonius. Polonius. He says, but he only has 44 lines. 48? I don't know, Minkus, you tell me. 48. Okay. Actually. Actually, it's 48. It was 48. Thanks. Watch. Someone's going to watch this and it's going to be like the first tweet at us. It's going to be like, actually, Tanya, it was 44 and Alden was right the whole time. And it's going to be that MJ person. <laughs> uh, so then we find out that uh, Mr. Feeney says, all right, and our main character playing the part of Hamlet, who is annoying and and never stops talking, even when everyone wants him to stop talking and always has a smart mouth. I know who that should be. And everyone in the class is turning and looking at Corey. And he goes, what? And he says, like, do I have something on my face or something? And nope. He's Hamlet because he's annoying and can't stop talking. Would you have been Hamlet? Probably. I was leading a couple plays. Really? What plays did you do? I don't know. We did something that was like (laughs) all the angels in heaven and I was the lead in that. There's another. You're the lead angel. I was the lead angel. You're my lead angel. <laughs> Cutting that out, and then um, some other play where I was just like a kid in school. I don't remember what happened in that one at all. Anyway, um, I remember the angels one. By the way, I, we talked about it before. Like I remember things that I feel guilty about. I don't remember other things. You felt guilty about being an angel because there was a part in the play where I was supposed to go. I was supposed to wait. For the like the trumpet, like the warning trumpet, um, probably that God was going to come down and kill everyone. And uh, I mean, trumpet trumpets are rapture things. Were you taking people up in the rapture? Did you have to grab a fellow student and no, like carry but, them up to heaven? No, but there's a trumpet, like, and I was supposed to go. My fellow angels, we have a problem. But the real problem was, is I knew that that line was coming up, and I we'd rehearsed it over and over and over again. I knew all the lines. But I was just so nervous being out there on the stage that I went, my fellow angels. And then there was like, burr, 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 burr. I was like, oh, shit, I did. So I. I doubt that that was even that serious. I, that sounds like it was, it was fine. For me, it was because I wasn't supposed to know that there was something wrong yet until the trumpet goes off. Yeah, so I guess so. I do remember that play because of that reason. So You're still beating yourself up for that <laughs> kind of bad cue. Every once in a while, I'll think about it like, damn, Alden. Who what the was hell? your drama person? I don't know. Do I, I don't... know? Do I know your drama person? I don't know. I don't remember that. I just remember making the big mistake. You don't remember who like the Paul players leader was at that point? No, I was. I remember making a a, a mistake. So anyway, <clears throat> Corey's Hamlet. Yeah, Corey's Hamlet. Minkus is pissed. Yeah, and then we go to home. <laughs> we go where, to home. Where Corey is. Um, Practicing golf, mini golf, Mm -hmm. in the backyard. By hitting it down a slope. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of slopes in mini golf, right? I haven't played in so long. Well, but they're hitting it down a slope. I say they. Right at this point, Corey is hitting it down a slope that is just wide enough for the golf ball. Yeah. So the ball can only go straight. Yeah. Down. Into a hole. It was like having bumpers bumpers on a, a bowling Lane. I it, can't think of words right now. Except it was more like bumpers that led directly to the middle pin of yeah. bowling lane. Yeah. So he's practicing, and who is he even explaining it to? Uh, Eric. Well, he's not explaining anything. Eric comes up and says uh, something about how he I'll... needed money. Yeah, I need he five needed money, bucks. and he uh, was 
buttering Corey up like he was like you're my favorite person on earth there's it's like you're my brother like we're so close and I could go to our parents for money but I'm not as close to them as I am to you like we share a room we almost share beds like our beds are right next to each other and Corey's like what he's like okay actually I will throw our family golf game our family golf tournament in New Jersey they go to the Jersey Jersey Shore Shore, pre-Sookie Snooky, 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 Snooky is Gilmore Girls. Actually, and Snooky is True Blood. Yeah. So he says, "I'm gonna go see Snooky and Snooky. I'm not throwing this golf tournament for five measly dollars. I don't need help." And then Eric stands there and hits the ball down the slope right into the hole where it's supposed to go. He's like, "Oh yeah, it looks like you do." Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was. Something. Does what, he give him the five dollars? Something. No, he says he's not going to do it. Right. Okay. But it's not important. So what it is is Amy and Eric are a team, mm-hmm. and Corey and Alan are a team, and Morgan is the golf caddy. Yeah. So they go back to school now, and all the kids are rehearsing Hamlet, and Corey is complaining about it because it's all like doths and thous and verily and whatever. Yeah, I'd be complaining too. I agree. I, I can't follow that kind of speech. I, I, I was just playing a game on the Switch, which doesn't exist yet, and it's all about PlayStation 1. Yeah, because the 1. PlayStation just came out. Mm-hmm. Was that the first one that had discs? Yeah. Uh, well, no, there was this... Come on. I do a video game podcast called Third Wheel Arcade, uh, but... There was a Sega CD before that, but a lot of people didn't play the Sega CD. Okay. Because, uh, like, I, I didn't have any mm-hmm. um, consoles, but I remember my cousins getting a PlayStation and then being like, look, it's discs, it's not cartridges. Mm-hmm. And they were, like, so excited about it. So when you were doing the commercial, I I was like, is it the first one with this? And I kind of thought you might say it. No, Sega CD was the was the first. It was called that. Sega CD? Yeah. They were really? A little on the nose. They were trying to make sure you knew. This is, these are CDs, not not cartridges. Oh, the technology. Mm-hmm. How crazy was it? I mean, nobody bought it. I think it was just too expensive. I don't really know why it didn't sell other than the fact that it wasn't Nintendo. How old were you when you got a PlayStation? Uh, I, I, It would have been around this time. I would have so been... So you got one when it came out. I got one within the first year of it coming out, yeah. I had to have everything, and I, and I had a Super Nintendo, too. I mean, I've always been a huge video game nerd. I know, I'm just so jealous. I mean, literally, when I was a, a toddler, I was playing Atari on my parents' Atari. The first console to grace my house, my childhood home, was the GameCube, the Nintendo GameCube, and mm-hmm. it was mine. My boyfriend bought it for me for my birthday, and a TV for my room for my birthday. He bought those things for me, and I sat in my room playing my GameCube for, like, I felt like years. Years upon years of my life was spent sitting on a pillow in front of my TV Mm -hmm. playing Mario Party and Zelda. I had got, like, a huge collection of all of the Zelda games that had come out at that point. Um, I played so much on the GameCube, and that was my first console that was ever in my house, and it was mine. I can't even imagine like what kind of gamer I would be right now if I had had consoles growing up because I loved playing the moment I got something. Me too. It's just my moment was a lot earlier. Yeah, I'm just I'm just kind of wistfully jealous. Like I wonder what that was like to just have it. I mean, I had all these. I had the Nintendo. I had the PlayStation. I had the Super Nintendo. 
I didn't. I never had a Genesis Genesis until I got older. None of this matters. Nobody cares. But I had a Genesis. I when I was like 16, I went back and I bought a Genesis when I finally had money to go back and buy these things that I couldn't get when I was a kid. Because when I was a kid, you can only pick one or the other. You can't have both. That's right, too much right. money. Um, and it didn't make sense for my parents to get to. So I had the Nintendo because I loved the Mario stuff. Um, and you know, Sega pretty much just had Sonic. And there were a few other games, but Nintendo had all of the like Mario kind of stuff. Yeah, I babysat a lot, like over my like early teen years. And one of the kids that I babysat, they had everything. And um, the younger, there were like five kids in this family, and I would watch. I watched them for an entire summer, um, and we would play Nintendo sixty four constantly. And I love Nintendo sixty four. I love Pokemon Stadium for Nintendo sixty four, and I played it constantly. So when the GameCube came out, my friend had. Um, a thing that could attach to the underside of it, and you put the the Nintendo 64 cartridge into it, and you could play it on the GameCube, and he let me borrow it, and I was able to play all the Nintendo 64 games on it. Oh, it was wonderful. Anyway, so Boy Meets World. What were we talking about? Um, Doths. Doths and Thous. I just recently played a game where a lot of the dialogue was that, and it's supposed to be a really great game. But I just I can't follow along because I spend so much time in my head thinking, what wait what does that sentence mean? Okay, all right. What does this sentence mean? It just it takes me out of it completely. So Shakespeare sucks. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> um, I just like I in no universe would I have even brought that to a bunch of middle schoolers and been like, here's what we're gonna learn. Like most of them are just getting out of reading. Like I don't know. The warrior cat books well, or okay, whatever. But we're in the minority here. Lots of people love Shakespeare and find the the worth in it, and that's fine. Like, I'm not gonna shit on Shakespeare. <laughs> New podcast. <laughs> shit on Shakespeare. <laughs> but I, I, I agree. actually think we have something there. Okay, you can find time to record it. Okay. Um. So shit on Shakespeare. Corey hates it. Corey's like, you know what? This needs more guns and more. He basically describes Die Hard. Yeah. And says this needs to be die, die Hard with Shakespeare with Hamlet. Yeah, but he's like, he's still in it. He's okay mm-hmm. until Topanga walks in mm-hmm. and she's in her costume. Mm-hmm. She looks gorgeous. Like she's got, you know, like the medieval looking uh, red dress on. And uh, Mr. Feeney's like, wow, you look so, it looks so real and authentic. And she's like, here, Corey, here's your costume. Jedediah sewed it just right before I came. Jedediah is her dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to be confused with Jadediah, which is our niece. I call her Jadediah all the time. Corey's like, what? This is a dress, a mini dress and tights. And they're like, no, this is whatever it's called, whatever the outfit is called. And he's like, no, this is a mini dress and tights. Like, this is where I draw the line. I am not wearing tights. So he quits. He quits the play. Yes, he quits. And he goes home. And he thinks that Mr. Feeney's going to drag him back. Yeah, he thinks basically that he is um, sort of like this is a bargaining tool that like he's important to the play. So Mr. Feeney's going to tell him he can wear what he wants as long as he comes back. And he's telling Sean that and Sean's like, oh, I like worship you for doing this. This is fantastic. What happens next? I don't remember. Well, now we go back home. So Minkus says he's going to be Hamlet, whatever. Mm-hmm. No one's excited about that except for Minkus. Even Mr. Feeney is like, oh, God. <laughs> but then now we go back home and uh, this is where Corey is like, I'm, don't you worry. I'm, 
I'm not giving you that $5 because we're still going to kill you in the golf tournament. And Eric's like, uh, we're not going that, to Jersey. That got canceled. Yeah, and this is like an annual trip that they go on. Mm-hmm. Um, every year they go to the Jersey Shore as a family and they do this thing. Alan found out that they had to cut back on salaries 5% throughout the entire store or throughout the entire company. Which is like a crazy amount. Like 5% is actually a lot. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. That's why they had to cut back on their Jersey Shore trip. And Corey's like, well, why does that affect dad? He's the boss. And they're like, he's the boss. So he has to do it too. Mm-hmm. Like he can't keep his salary and then cut everybody else's. He would have to cut everybody else's a little bit more in order to keep his. Right. And like, he's not just the boss, like he's the manager of the store, but he has a district manager who has a, a VP who has a president. You right. Know, like... And most importantly, the regional manager who calls the shots. Right. Really is what they say in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can't remember exactly what it is, but Corey has a whole conversation where he's like, dad, I can't believe that you don't call the shots. Like you need to just take a stand. You need to take a stand and like, where's your spear? And like mm-hmm. all this weird Shakespeare stuff that like I zone out the moments people start talking about Shakespeare. So I think I zoned out a little bit at this point. Well, you can't zone out because all I remember is children screaming at our dogs. Alan and Amy discuss what they should do. So that's the B plot is the whole 5% pay, blah, blah, that's going on at the store. Uh-huh. Um, back at school, they're just talking in the hallway and uh, Corey's like, yeah, so how's the play rehearsals going? And Sean's like, great. Like now I'm Polonius and it's fantastic because like people carry my stuff for me and Corey's- I get to wear this fat suit. And, and he like- gets to do a he gets to do a death scene and he like acts it out in the hallways. Yeah, he's like throwing himself against the lockers and, and he, then he's starts talking about all the people who are so excited that they get to come watch him die. Like who he's like who would have thought that everybody just wants to watch me die? He's like Feeney says it's his favorite scene. Mm-hmm. Um and Corey's like, "Yeah, well how's Minkus doing as Hamlet?" And Sean's like, "Great. Nope, nope, sorry, not great. Like it's a nightmare. It's he's ruining the play." At, at you know at early in an earlier scene Minkus was walking around and he's like wait Hamlet should be oh no this was during the scene wasn't it yeah he says Hamlet sh- he was Dane so should he should have a Danish accent and he's like yeah so then they do where they go to the actual play rehearsal mm-hmm. and Minkus is like standing on on Topanga like that's not an exaggeration, his feet are on Topanga's body. He's standing on her and doing, like, his soliloquy. In, like, a weird southern accent. Yeah, it's it not was even... definitely southern. Yeah. Um, like, what, y'all launder by speech. And I think, is it Corey that says, like, Danish Ernest goes to Hamlet or yeah. whatever? Ernest goes to Denmark. Yeah, Ernest goes to Denmark, uh, which was exactly what it was. And Topanga can't breathe. She's like... Stuart, you're standing on my lungs. And then she like knocks him off of her and he falls on the ground. And Corey's like super happy because everything's falling apart because he's not in it. But Sean says, like, can you please do this for me? Tell Feeney you want back in. Just tell him you'll you'll wear the tights or whatever. Right. So Corey does go to Mr. Feeney and says, look, I'm sorry. Let me back in the play. I'll wear the tights. Mm-hmm. Mr. Feeney says, you can wear the tights, but you're not Hamlet. That part is taken. Right. Yes. If you want back in, you can be a spear chucker. And was this before or after Mr. Feeney did the soliloquy? I think think he did the soliloquy immediately after. Um, I wrote for this, 
I hate Shakespeare. You already scene where Feeney tries to school Corey by doing a scene. I zoned out, and like if I were Corey, that wouldn't have like Corey's reacting to it. He's acting kind of creeped out by the fact that he's doing like this ghost scene. Well, like, like Feeney turns the light off, and like the spotlight is only on him, so he looks spooky. Yeah, and I think like I think the part that he's doing is a ghost. Like the ghost is speaking to Hamlet. And so it is supposed to be creepy. And like Corey is responding the way I think you're supposed to respond to that. And I, I have people in my life that talk and I completely zone out. I have no idea what they're saying. Me. No, not you. Um, she just heard that. Anyway, I'm not a ghost. Anyway, but he's like reacting and I'm just like, I'm not even reacting at this point. It was so boring. It was awful. Shakespeare sucks. Because it was Shakespeare. Yeah. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. So if we learn anything in this episode, it's that Shakespeare sucks. Yes. Tanya hates Shakespeare. Yes. Did you guys know that Tanya hates Shakespeare and that I play video games? They go back home. Corey's at home, and they're all... Oh, Corey opens the door, and Eric's like, Dad? Oh. Because they're waiting for Alan to come home to yeah. discuss what happened because, with the meeting. Because he was moved by Corey's speech and he needed to go talk to his boss and tell his boss exactly what his family needed. We forgot that in the scene before, he and Amy were sitting there in the kitchen and he was holding up, I don't even know what he was holding. A melon? Some sort of melon, but he was holding it like Hamlet holding the skull in Hamlet. Yeah, that happens. Also, he's sitting in the dark kitchen by himself in the middle of the night, which means he left his bedroom walked downstairs and went to the kitchen and Amy didn't say like as he was leaving the room like where are you going what's going on no she let him walk around the house sometimes it's weird huh yeah it's really <laughs> weird you wouldn't have been able to step foot outside the door I can't even like take a leg off the bed and it's like hey where are you going god what no it's true I'm I'm the old ball and chain <laughs> Like, it actually shocked me that he had made it all the way downstairs to the kitchen. And Amy, like, comes down, like, tying her bathrobe. And I'm like, there must have been minutes, maybe even, like, a whole half hour. She didn't know where he was. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. So, send in your thoughts at BMG and BMW to what I should do with my life. Don't send in your thoughts. (laughs) You'll be like, leave that girl. I'm, like, crying in a corner. This is awful. So... Anyway, Alan comes back from the grocery store. He is dejected. They ask him how it went, and he said, well, it went okay. He listened to me, and we had a conversation. And, like, he understands. He understands, and I understand, and we 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 hashed it out. And Eric says, so we got the 5%? And he said, no, we didn't get the 5%. We're still getting cut 5%. So no um, Jersey Shore with Sookie this year. Um, I like how you almost tried to correct me before you realized that I did it on purpose. Yeah. Um, so Morgan comes up to the top of the sub. She's like, is it time? Mm-hmm. In a really gross, like, smoker's voice. Is it time? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I don't remember what happens. Well, they're time. like, shh, go away. Be quiet. And Corey's like, time for what? Um, because he's talked about how well it's okay i hate golf anyway i i don't even look forward to that trip mm-hmm. it's fine and um so then morgan's like is it time is that is that what time it is and of course like time for what and he goes and looks in the backyard and his dad has set up an entire mini golf course in their backyard how much did that cost 
could they have gotten <laughs> to the Jersey Shore for the amount of money that it costs to create an entire mini golf in the backyard? Because we've looked into creating a mini golf in mm-hmm. our backyard. Because mm-hmm. when we first moved into our house, we played with our children all the time. Mm-hmm. We did stuff outside and we thought it would be amazing to build a mini golf. And even the cheapest way to do it would have cost like a thousand dollars. Yeah. A thousand dollars would have taken them their three hour car trip to the Jersey Shore. Maybe he made it all with bread that he stole from his grocery store. No, there's like PVC pipes. And Maybe stuff. that was actually pizza. And it just sounds like PVC. If he could steal the food, why didn't he just steal the money? <laughs> Maybe he did. Then why didn't he steal the money to go to the Jersey Shore? Because now they've got it in their backyard forever and he had an excuse to do it. Mm, good point. You really want to do go this, work, don't you? I'm going to go work at a grocery store for a little bit. So you can steal bread? Become the manager, steal the bread and the pizza VC, and make a golf course. For a second, I had no idea of what you were talking about and then realized pizza, VC, PVC. I'm... She's not here. I'm checked out. Yeah, she's checked out. I hope it... Of a hotel in Jersey Shore because... With Sookie. With Sookie. I hope it's a decent episode. It's fine. (laughs) It's okay. Um, So, yeah, they play... They golf, and now we go back to school, and then we go back to the play, and the kids are having the play now. And Corey is... A spear holder. A spear holder. So he has, like, Sean's part. Mm-hmm. Everybody's sort of shifted up in parts, except for Corey, who has circulated down to the lowest. Mm-hmm. And his co-spear holder is just, like, belly aching over mm-hmm. this. She's like, this is so boring. I hate doing this. He's saying this on stage. It's like, I hate doing this. And Corey gives an impassioned speech about, mm-hmm. like, you shouldn't let people down. Oh, this- yeah. FYI, mm-hmm. in case you didn't know... The moral of the story is don't let people down. Is it? It's literally the moral. I didn't know what the moral was. I didn't either. Yeah. Until they like said it. They spelled it out for us. I didn't catch that either. It was don't let people down who are counting on you. No. Okay. So like, I guess Alan, he was afraid that he was letting down his employees and his family. Mm -hmm. Um and Corey let down his castmates by mm-hmm. dropping out, and now Minkus was Hamlet. But they don't like this. Is a very uh, uncohesive episode because, mm-hmm. like, I didn't get that at all until they said it. I didn't either even get it after they said it, so it's fine. the The play basically breaks down because Corey gives him this speech about how being a spear holder is the most important thing, and life is what you make it. Like it, make mm-hmm. it great. Right. And the guy's like, huh. Okay, and he gets up, and he pops Sean's belly with his spear, and then a whole fight ensues. Yeah, like everyone's fighting, and by everyone I mean Corey, spear holder number two, mm-hmm. Sean, Minkus, Topanga. And there's the like two or three other kids. Oh, up really? There. Yeah. All I noticed was them because they're like at the front, and they're just like. Even Topanga's, like, fighting with people. All you see is hair, like, flipping around. And I was just like, it's just them again. It was only several. I mean, it was and like... And this random spear holder. Eight kids out of a class of 30. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, did we have a hashtag Morganism? No. She was... The only time I remember seeing her was at the end. She She's caddying the golf clubs. And she's the one who said, is it time yet? And that was right. it. She was very, very not there. Well, I gotta imagine at some point in these weeks they're getting past their 
their child labor laws and they have to cut back her role a little bit because she is definitely too young to be acting for more than like an hour at a day i think right Um, although i don't know what the rules were in 1994 which it is 1994 right and i don't have a nintendo switch with octopath traveler we're Uh, not reading wikipedia on our phones either oh yeah definitely not doing that we're reading comments from mj whatever yeah. Were there comments on this one? No, no comments on this one because it was too uncohesive. Is uncohesive not a word? I don't think so. Miscohesive? Not, not cohesive, not I think. Cohesive. But it's whatever. It's uncohesive. So, TGIF, thank God it's Feeny. Did you learn anything from Feeny? That I hate just... Shakespeare more than I thought I did. You, you knew you hated Shakespeare this Yeah, bad. but, like, I love almost everything that Feeny says, generally. And he launched into his little thing, and I was just like, yeah, screw Feeny. This whole thing sucks. I hate all of this. I have a very strong reaction to my hatred for Shakespeare, and I I've don't noticed. know why. I've noticed over the last 30 months. I've heard it a lot. Hey, <laughs> how... This baffles me. I was listening to the last episode that I edited. How do we talk about the episodes longer than the episodes are? Because we interject with our own life stories, True, too. true. We did talk about Nintendo for like five minutes. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. I think that's normal. Yeah, maybe. I don't listen to any TV podcasts. I do. I know you do. I've I've listened to quite a few. It's your bag, baby. I mean, podcasts in general. Like, I listen to so many different kinds. Yes, that is true. Now you do one. Yep. So, any thoughts on this episode before we, we, we wrap it up? Um, I think so far out of all of the episodes of the first season, this one is my least favorite. Really? It was, um, like, I remember it. I remember it from when I was a kid, and I don't remember enjoying it very much then either. Like, there's just something about it that was just like, eh. I think it was just too on the nose, like, of what all the other, I almost said podcasts were doing, all the other sitcoms were doing. Uh Uh-huh. Everyone did a Shakespeare episode. Now, most people did do Romeo and Juliet, so that was and different. They all did. Who's going to do the big kissing? Yeah, all of them did. Yeah, so this this definitely they stepped outside that box. Yes, but it was definitely like I don't like this episode on any other sitcom. I don't like this episode on this one either. I think like okay. the, I hate Shakespeare. Do you? What? I'm, I'm flabbergasted. Me too. I'm uncohesive. Stop making fun of my grammatical error. Anyway. As I'm like, I'm super smart, but I hate Shakespeare, but also it's uncohesive. <laughs> okay, anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? I think we're done. I think we're super done. I think we have to tuck our kids and we've gone on forever. It's been an hour and a half. Yeah. It's going to be cut down to like 50 minutes, but... I have my work cut out for it's my... It's going to take you like three hours to edit this episode. I was trying to do like one of Minkus's accents when I said that, and it it was none of the accents that Minkus did. Yeah, I couldn't do a Minkus accent if I tried. Mm, fair enough. Okay, so thank you guys for joining us. This has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World episode 10. <laughs> this has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World episode 10. I'm Tanya at Cinder Hanabelle on Twitter. What are you... The end, the last thing you say. I thought, but we haven't done our thing. We did it last week. No, we haven't said Twitter. Okay, you want to do that? Yeah, I want them to find us. Follow us at BMGMBMW. On Twitter. On Twitter. And you can email us at BMGM... Wait. 
Go ahead. No, you go ahead. You really want to do this. BMW at gmail.com. Uh-huh. And from there, you can find us, too, like our regular ones. You can follow us on our normal Twitter handles, too. Yes. So back to it. Thank you for joining us. This has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World, Episode 10. Class dismissed. Nailed it.